Well, hello, and welcome back to another jam-packed episode of My Favorite Conservative. I am Edward. And I am Andrea, but I am not conservative. You're not? No, but he is my favorite oh, conservative. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we would love for you to join the conversation if you're watching live right now on LinkedIn, X, YouTube, Rumble, or Facebook. I almost forgot Facebook. Um, join in live with your comments. We should be able to see most of them. So, Edward. Yes. What are we talking about today? Oh, goodness. Well, I actually titled this one Never Again. And no, we're not talking about the Holocaust. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about COVID-19. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and the reason I wanted to discuss it is the CDC has just recently issued new guidelines. And it seems they're trying to conveniently forget about all the pain they've cost our country. And they need to be held accountable and not be able to get away with what they did. Yes. And I, I think most people don't know about the guidelines. Um, because it was kind of pushed in very quietly. Mm, yep. So would you tell our viewers and our listeners what has changed in the guidelines? Yeah, well, so just this week, uh, they quietly announced that... I said the quietly part. Right, but just <laughs> four years later, mind you, COVID-19 is becoming more like the flu, <gasps> and as such, no longer requires its own virus-specific health rules. The most notable change in the new guidelines is the previously reported decision to recommend a five-day minimum isolation period for those that are infected. So basically, if you have it, eh, you're fine. You can do whatever you want. Well, that's good news, right? Well, yeah, but I think my point and our point of this show is the damage that they caused, right? I mean, I'm specifically leaning out to our left-leaning viewers and, and listeners because you need to fully comprehend and understand how you've been played for the last four years. Remember, we're now in 2024. I know. And I, I'm going to soften your stance a little. Okay. With, um, I don't think just left-leaning people were played. I think the country in general was played. I, I, you know, I, I know you're reaching out to our left-leaning. Hello. Hey, Molly. AK, <laughs> hey, Joanne. AK Molly. But um um, but let's so let's go through the topics sure. and discuss them and kind of one point at a time. So let's first talk about the lab leak theory. Yeah, the origins. The okay. origins of COVID. Yes. So. so the FBI has finally admitted that it probably came from a lab in Wuhan. And here is <laughs> yeah, for my people for people who are listening and not watching. This is my shocked face. Yeah. My You're... face has not changed at all. I, I, this is this was the one early on where I could not believe that people thought this was some kind of conspiracy theory. Of course, it was a lab leak. Well, the problem is it, when when it first came out. Obviously, you have a a virology lab in Wuhan, China, right. where this originated. You might want to put two and two together, and this is where you saw how quickly it became political. Yes, it because did. Because as did. soon as Donald Trump said. The China virus came from Wuhan. The left went immediately into you're a racist and you don't know that. And anything Donald Trump says is wrong. Yeah, and, even though we knew they were doing gain of function research. Yeah, I find it quite fascinating that just a few months ago, if you remember the comedian John Stewart, he yes. went on uh, Colbert, I think. Okay. And Colbert was doing his, you know, air quotes interview. 
and John Stewart actually just railed about, you know, come on, people, you've got an institute of virology where it originated. And Colbert just didn't know what the hell to say. Yeah. It, it was it was funny. I'm not a big uh, not know, that John Stewart is right. Right. I'm not a big John Stewart fan, yeah. but I think the common sense gene finally kicked in for about 10 minutes. So on that one one issue one issue yeah yeah no yeah yeah okay all right let's talk about masks oh goodness yes how many people still have masks like tucked in their cars or in their box right i do i still have them there yeah yes well they made absolutely no difference whatsoever zero there have been 78 studies wow uh over the last few years and now a new scientific review led by 12 researchers from esteemed universities around the world suggests that the widespread masking may have done little to nothing to curb the transmission of COVID-19. How many people were fired, shamed, you name it, wearing diapers over your face that even from the beginning the doctors realized how small the particulate matter is right. of the the virus itself yeah. and that it was like a chain link fence trying to stop a fly yeah it doesn't work even and, the n95 masks yeah still don't work yeah i will i will say that um before covid19 i would wear an n95 mask on international flights and it did seem to help because again just normal respiratory viruses but um but again like you said COVID-19 was a little bit different um and well you also have a propensity to get sick on any flight that's true yeah (laughs) on any flight I get sick but um yeah so you know the thing about the mask is I never understood wearing masks outside and you and I never did no we never did and it's like why would you wear a mask outside like I don't and I still see people who do that still see people driving alone in their own cars in their cars wearing masks with masks on. yeah yeah okay all right um, brainwash anybody um be nice be nice they okay are. all right the six foot rule ah uh, yes the for this was the six foot uh or Dis- six social distancing for six social foot, distancing right. and it had no solid scientific basis no no in no. fact yeah they uh they finally in front of congress uh the six foot rule for social distancing quote sort of just appeared end quote without a solid scientific basis i just said that part yes but i mean to hear somebody from the nih actually say it just appeared out of nowhere well and that's okay let's give a little more context here you know i'm on the play-by-play person okay. you should call me so uh, this was in January in two doors, uh, two days of closed door testimony to the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. So a subcommittee specific about the pandemic. And, you know, what I find interesting about this is if you dig a little deeper, they initially discussed a 10 foot rule. Yeah. Did you say 10 foot or 10, 10 feet? I don't know. It sounds like 10 foot sounds better. Anyway, okay. they discussed that and said nobody would do that. So let's make it six instead. They literally <laughs> were making it up as they went along. They weren't sure. They weren't sure. Yeah, so just just think back now. Remember going to your grocery store? Oh God, I had, remember Costco. Remember that first time? Well, but just even in your regular grocery store, like a Publix or whatever, right. they wherever had the you arrows. are, you've got arrows. So you could only walk one way down an aisle, you know, because the virus only goes that direction or something. It I, was I, dumb. You know, it was so dumb. I just want to. I'm mad that I wasn't 
the a company that made the plastic uh, dividers. Oh, I know. Right? We talked about that at the they time. Had to clean up. They made right. bank. They made bank. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, uh, and there are still there's still places that are using the plastic dividers. Oh yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna come down ever. Uh, they have. They have. No, but I mean, I still see a ton of places. No, I know, but they have. Um, all right, lockdown. Ah, uh, yes. The, yeah, it's just, we're going to lock down for two weeks to stop the spread. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten That's the curve, right. yes. Okay. Yes. So well, a new study from John Hopkins University last year that they stated that lockdowns, quote, imposed enormous economic and social cost where they have been adopted before concluding, quoting, Lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. Yes. End and of quote. we will have all the links in the show notes for, for people who are listening to, to the podcast. It's always in the show notes. Um, yeah. I mean, how many businesses were ruined? Just How many people lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their careers? I, 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 I have yet to see a study. How many rest, small restaurants went out of business? Oh, yes. Right. I mean, it was there was a study. Gosh, it was about a year and a half after the pandemic. And it was only in New York City. And it was over 30 percent were permanently closed yeah. restaurants. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, if you look at it, that the, the economic costs aren't the same in New York as it is Montana. And okay. that's and, and that's you know, we'll get into that a little bit later on why the entire country had to be locked down. Yes. Yes. So that leads us to the lockdowns led to school closing. Mm. And let me tell you, when this happened, I was so grateful I wasn't a teacher anymore. Yeah, yeah. So grateful because you can't teach via Zoom, like to a children, to six-year-olds. That's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, remote teaching to teenagers, younger kids, you know, what they, they logged on, but they would never turn their camera on. Yeah. So they're probably taking a snooze, you know, the entire day. But you've got years of this that's happened. And yes. the, the really sad part is that statistics now show that under the age of 18, the death rate from COVID-19 was statistically zero. And that is <coughs> bless you, bless you. It's a live show, people. It <laughs> is. So me. you've got a death rate of practically zero right and please don't use the line if we just save one life you know you can put that to anything yeah right? just true. stop that that is that is a disingenuous argument you shut down years and years of schooling from these kids and blue states were the absolute worst california yeah, should it's be, be shame it's gonna be a lost generation of kids yeah. yeah you know if i'm an employer and i'm hiring somebody and you're seeing when they kind of graduate and you realize they're a, a COVID baby, COVID if baby. you will. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have serious thoughts of, God, do they even know the remedial portions of the, what the job entails? And it, before we went live, you talked about how your daughter, your youngest and only daughter, um, didn't have a college graduation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, God forbid you could actually go to graduation. Yeah, it happened during her uh, could, last semester of college. Right, but you could go to a protest outside. But Yes, yeah. that was different, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about one of my favorites, vaccines. And, and I just want to state for the record, I am pro-vaccine if it's a vaccine that actually works. 
And I'll give a great example, um, just because we are going to talk a little bit about Alabama later in the show. Um, Alabama is the only state that doesn't have what they call an HP, HPV vaccine, so hepatitis B vaccine. Um, at any age, it's not mandated for any age, even though in every other state in the country it is, typically for children or even for middle school, because it prevents hepatitis B. That's what a vaccine is supposed to do. These vaccines didn't do that. Well, that's why it's not a vaccine. No. So when you're a child and you get your polio, you get your uh, chicken pox, measles, measles all yeah. that good stuff. Those whatever. are vaccines. Those actually, you don't get it because you've gotten that shot. Yes. So how we are still calling this a vaccine is ridiculous. It is. It's it absolutely is. ridiculous. And it is not a vaccine. It, it is a treatment. Well, and I don't even think it's a it's treatment. It's even that now. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a treatment. I think just for some people, it might lessen the effect that COVID has. Um, but yeah. I just want to chime in here because we've talked a little bit about it. Um, these vaccines became mandated for people to keep their jobs. Yeah. And you and I kind of held out and, and then I ultimately did it because, um, and I was reluctant to just, just, just because knowing my tendency toward autoimmune diseases. Right. Right. So, but I did it because it was mandated. I am in healthcare and for, to attend a conference, the vaccine was mandated. And both of us, first of all, got sick from the shot. Yep. We both got a little sick. And then I ended up, and you did not, thankfully, I ended up getting a booster because, again, it was mandated. I was speaking at a conference in Paris, and the booster was a mandate, and I did it. And I was so ill and ended up, I had COVID and didn't know it. It was a disaster, and I and we won't go into any more detail beyond to say I had what they call long COVID, which I'll be honest, I wasn't sure it was a real thing until I was diagnosed with it and saw what it did to my body. And it was awful. And I'm so grateful. It actually says in my medical records now that I am never, ever to get any sort of COVID booster vaccine ever again because of the way it was created. Yeah, I remember when you told me you you look, you saw the the x-ray of your lungs and oh, it looked like spider webs. In spider there. webs yeah. all through my lungs. So. I had blood clots all through my lungs. It was it was really, really terrible. Yeah. So when the vaccines and the boosters make you sick, and by the way, you know, people that have gotten their both their shots and they're now on their sixth or seventh one and they're still getting COVID. I know. Why? You might want to think people Why? it doesn't work. And wow. then and then you're always going to say, yeah, but it lessens the the There's COVID no itself. There's absolutely no proof of that whatsoever. Zero. Now let's talk about what has happened in most other pandemics. Natural <laughs> immunity. Yeah. Yes. This COVID-19 miraculously was the only virus in human history. <laughs> not to be subjected to the laws of natural immunity except in sweden well yeah except yeah, in sweden yeah, they yeah. did a good job <laughs> they did a good job but that herd immunity yeah. would have happened a lot quicker it just tells you how political this became that 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 just people that were willing to mostly people on the right of go ahead hey i'll get it then i'll be immune that wasn't good enough because everybody the the, the government said had to get vaccinated from it and whether you wanted to or not so, yeah yes all right let's <laughs> talk about nursing homes where yeah. boy now now we will say that the people at the highest risk of getting of, of getting incredibly ill or dying from COVID 19 
fell into two categories. They were either elderly um, and or had comorbidities. And that includes things like diabetes and especially obesity. Yeah. Um, so this was not you know, going to hurt, as we said, almost 0% it hurt anyone under the age of 18. Um, but then what do they do in nursing homes, Edward? Well, I think New York is the perfect example in the yes. worst case and the worst government with, run by Governor Andrew Cuomo at the time. Yes, he's and, gone now, thank yeah, you. Yeah, he's still planning a comeback, by the way, FYI. <laughs> but yeah, they took sick people, elderly people from their hospitals and put them back in the nursing homes where they spread it to everybody else. Yes. And people died and you weren't allowed to be visited by loved ones or anything. I, my heart goes out to all these family members that had to go through that of watching someone that you love die and you couldn't be there for them or because those of these idiotic funerals. Yeah. I mean, it just, was just stupid. It was so stupid. It is. And you know, a couple of examples, you know, the, um, who's that? I'm going to use the air quotes, woman, the, the dude uh, at the Health and Human Services, the admiral who thinks he's a woman, the really ugly I one. I know, I know you're talking about. Rachel Levine. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Levine was the head health person in Pennsylvania. And before he went to Washington and this was going on, he moved his mother out of a nursing home into private residence. Yeah. Which was smart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Except then he goes to Washington and he promotes the exact opposite approach. Well, yes, that's called being a hypocrite. Yes, that happens. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about ivermectin, um, <laughs> you know, and, and talk about sort of. OK, so this was deemed as horse medicine because vets did use it for horses. But before that. Yeah, it was a, a wonder drug helping to deal with malaria, everything yeah. else for decades, yes. right? And vets happen to find out, gee, this actually works well for our horses. Yes. And then the left glommed onto that because, because Donald Trump said ivermectin is a good possible treatment for right. this. And because Donald Trump said it, the left has this Pavlovian reaction where they have to say the exact opposite. How many people did you kill by not allowing ivermectin to yeah. be used? Yes. And also, I think there was, I think part of this was, first of all, I don't think Donald Trump would have said that without some advice from hmm. people in, in the scientific community. So yeah. he didn't just come up with that on his own, number one. I mean, he, he makes up a lot of stuff. He comes up with funny things. But he didn't, that, that didn't just roll off his tongue by himself, okay? There's no way that happened. And two, um, there it's generic ivermectin. Yeah. So yeah. no pharma company can make money yeah. off it. And that was a problem. Yeah, that's the big that that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother of, show. Yeah. Yes, why we had to actually had to, you know, get the vaccines. Of course, we as the people, the government paid for billions and billions of dollars to these pharmaceutical companies. But yeah, ivermectin was basically you know, not produced by any one individual uh, pharma company, and they weren't going to make any money off of it. Yeah. And then, again, keep in mind, it was a 99% survival rate for most age groups. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. For most age groups, the people at highest risk were elderly or if you were not elderly, if you had comorbidities. Yeah. And if you were the, the worst group, obviously, is the elderly with the comorbidities. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. No question about that. But yeah, it, for everybody else, basically 99%, I'm willing to take my chances if I only have a 1% chance and uh, of dying. And the odds of that are even slimmer, the less comorbidities you have. So give people the right to choose. Yes. Yeah. And so we, the country as a whole, lost jobs. Yeah. yeah. Businesses closed. Yeah. People lost scholarships, internships, retirements, school years, if you were in school, because yeah. sorry, Zoom, you know, school via Zoom <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, graduations like your daughter. Yeah. Uh, vacations. Um, I mean, just people lost a sense of self. And I think this leads in really nicely to what are the new guidelines? Well, one of the parts of the new guidelines, besides the you don't have to do the five day uh, seclusion, they recommend clean air and gathering outdoors. Wow. (laughs) Go outside into mother nature. Yes. It just you know, the, the, the image that pops into my mind, if you remember in Southern California, oh, yeah. there was a lone paddle boarder yeah. out in the ocean. Yeah, off Santa Monica Beach. And there were police officers waiting on shore and the Coast Guard in a boat coming to arrest this guy. They got him to shore, handcuffed him. Yes. Because he was paddle boarding in the middle of the ocean. Yes. If that doesn't tell you, we have jumped the shark on this. That is the insanity that you could have strip clubs open, but you couldn't go to church. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. We should say that again. Strip clubs were considered, what do they call them? Necessary. uh, What was the word? I I Um, forget the term. I forget the term. Essential. Essential businesses. Yes. But churches were not. Right. Yes. Yes. And of course, you could protest if what you were protesting was from the proper side, according to the government. Yes. 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 You could yes. have a peaceful protest outside, but otherwise. It didn't even have to be peaceful. Yeah. yeah George Floyd. Out. Yeah. So. Well, they call it peaceful. Well, that's true. Most, okay. Mostly peaceful. Mostly yes. peaceful. Um, <laughs> all right. So who's the biggest loser in all this? Without question, science, right? Yeah. Science lost. And by science, I mean medicine also. Yeah. Because you know, I don't know about you, me growing up, you always thought that your doctor had your best interest at heart, first and foremost, yeah. no matter what, yeah. no question about it. Yeah. And it turns out they succumb to the government edicts. A lot of them did. A lot of them. A and lot. But, and, the, the ones who, and the ones who didn't lost their jobs, many yeah. of them. Yeah. Oh, my a lot gosh. Of doctors and lost and you're, their jobs. Again, you're talking incredibly credentialed you know, virologists and all around the country, and they're making them sound like they were heretics. I know. And it is, it is just shameful, shameful what science did. You know, anytime anybody tells you that the science is settled, I don't care what the topic is, run or never listen to another word they say because <laughs> science is never settled. It's evolving. Never. Okay. Well, before you talk about the former head of NIH, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Fauci. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
I feel like the power really got to Fauci's head. I mean, let's all be honest. Before COVID, how many people had heard of Fauci? Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Is that your impression? Dr. Fauci. Okay. So uh, most of us had not heard of him. And then he becomes this superstar. And um, and we'll get to Trump and Biden in just a moment. Um, but, you know, he became this incredible superstar. And I think it really got to his head because Fauci contradicted himself constantly, constantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So we have uh, quickly a live comment before we talk about the former head of NIH. Uh -oh. I'm going to let you take it. Uh oh. <laughs> um, all right. From Richard, is the earth round? Not necessarily. Oh, God. Come on. It, it is not completely round. And it does <laughs> actually, you know, you've got you've got poles that move left. You know, up and down, <laughs> north and south. Okay, I think the point is it's not flat. It is not flat. Okay, but, thank God. <laughs> but nothing is settled in science. Thanks, Richard. Um, all right, so talk about Francis Collins, the former head of NIH. What uh, he said. Uh, so Francis Collins, he was the head of NIH when this first started, <laughs> which is Fauci's boss. They had run, a, you know, look over the CDC, everything else. He looks like. Um, uh, Captain, what was that? Uh, Kangaroo. No, the the guy that landed. Um, Who cares what he looks like? He landed the plane on the on the oh, water. Oh, Sully. Sully. He looks right. like Sully. Sullenberger. Okay, right. Not that yeah, that yeah, matters. Yeah. But he's got this. Yeah, this this Captain Kangaroo, Mister Rogers kind he's of. Trusting. He looks very trusting and okay. whatnot. But uh, he actually just recently came out. Now, since he's no longer in government, he, that helps. Yeah. So he says, "Here's the quote: If you're a public health person." And you're trying to make a decision you have this very narrow view of what the right decision is and that is something that will save a life doesn't matter what else happens you attach zero value to whether this actually totally disrupts people's lives ruins the economy and has many kids kept out of school in a way that they may never quite recover from yeah yeah um francis you are the person that was in complete charge of Fauci and the guy's original name was Richard Redfield from the CDC before uh, okay. the woman took over. But you are the one that is in charge of the advice that was given to President Trump. Please do not try to say, oh, gosh, we were just trying to save a life. And but we... that is what he's saying. Well, he, I he into... OK, wait, I'm going to push back. Please That's do. the point of the show. That is what he's saying. And he is saying, I mean, to me, he's he's saying exactly what the policy was. You don't worry about the consequences. You just focus on what that decision is in the moment to save a life. Exactly. But from the first moment this happened, and I've seen interviews with Francis Collins where he says the exact same thing. You don't treat the epicenter of like New York. You don't treat Montana the same way. And we did. Yes. And well, that goes back to if 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 what had happened in New York had not happened there and happened correct. in Montana, yeah. the whole country would not have shut down. And we all know correct. that. Absolutely. But you can't do that. And you can't just say, well, we were just trying to save lives because common sense says, is this good for the entire country? I mean, there are times when you have to know that you're going to lose 
people. People will die no matter what, regardless. Okay. So we have a great comment here from Richard again. Thank you, Richard, for joining <laughs> us live. And so Richard says, um, if it's my life, I'm all for that policy. And I'm going to out you, Richard, a little bit because you are in New York. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so what do you, how do you respond to Richard? And then I'm going to share what my dental hygienist said. Um, so if it's my life, I'm all for that policy. Yeah, I'm going to show it again. Um, no. <laughs> no. Do you, because your life matters so much more than the entire economy of, of the rest of the world? I don't think so. Okay. Mine doesn't either. All right. So I'm going to share what my dental hygienist said during this time. And um, she, uh, and, and, and she's sharp and she's funny, um, but she was like, you know, sometimes you just got to call the herd and some people are just going to die. And I know that sounds yeah. super callous. But I knew what she meant by it. Um, but but I think the point that Edward is making is that the scientific view of this was so narrow. And then once they chose their position, whether it was mask, whether it was social distancing, whether, you know, all the mandates, the vaccines, I feel like it's one of those things they were once they chose that path, they were all in and they couldn't go back. Yeah, and let, let me let me get off track just a hair here on uh -oh. the, on this, but it relates to this. So if one life is going to be saved, let's look at our border, okay? Oh no! Okay, wait. no, 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 no. Okay, don't we go too lose, far off track. We lose a hundred thousand people a year because of fentanyl deaths coming across the border. Yeah, we could shut down the border tomorrow, cut that number by ninety five percent. We choose not to do so as a government. Okay right okay thank yes. you all right okay but let's get back to our topic today yes okay so you um so COVID 19 was not dangerous because it was so deadly it was dangerous because of our political and health healthcare authorities made all of the wrong decisions every step of the way yep. now here's the issue i have this falls on both trump and biden it, and, and let me let me oh, talk about it let okay? it rip all right trump was the one yes he said you know ivermectin and whatever and got slammed for it but trump is the one that let fauci have center stage trump is the one that said we got to do vaccine operation i think it was warp speed and he was wrong he was so wrong and when i saw how fast those vaccines were going through all, all i could think was this this is not how you develop new drugs this is not how it works and um and trump started that and this is on both of them he did however let me say this about that okay thank you of the two trump was in charge when this was unfolding there were unknowns but it became apparent pretty quickly and, and the the problem that trump was in he was in a no-win situation politically because if he went with some of the major experts who have now been proven to be completely right about not locking down and not doing all the other things, he would have been eviscerated by the press, by the left. But that never stopped him before. It never stopped him before. But we've never been through this pen, a kind of a pandemic I, I, in a in a society in a he, environment like we have. We were going into an election year. Trump right? is responsible for starting Operation Warp Speed. I he understand. Is responsible for that. I completely understand. That was political. He wanted to get it out before the election. Yes, he did. I completely understand. It's the world's largest clinical trial. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, to people who didn't quite uh, consent to being in the clinical trial. Right? Yeah, I, I, it's it, it's wrong. And then and then Biden carried those policies to the nth degree. Oh. They're both responsible here. And so I, this is this is what I want to say to anyone listening, left, right, center, whatever. This is what I want to say. Why? Why are these two old men on the ballot? <laughs> why? Why the fuck are they on the ballot? Are they the best we can do? We all know Biden isn't the best. We all know we talked about his approval ratings last week. We all know that the Democratic Party is trying to pull Hail, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail, mm -hmm. Hail Mary. There we go. Um, they're trying to pull one and they probably will at the convention, whoever it's going to be. But they're going to figure something out. But for all of our MAGA people, and I know we have a lot of MAGA people based on the data on Instagram and X really trump you think trump is the best we can do really i mean there there are people who would carry forth trump's policies um and trump was wrong on this and i think this is the one thing not that they're actually going to debate they should but they won't but this is the one thing in a debate they would both lose on it would be COVID. yeah uh, absolutely yeah this is one of those issues that you just want to punt to the other person and they'll punt it back and you get rid of it and let's yes. move on to the next topic but but trump fucked up i i completely agree okay. it, it was i will tell you we were sitting on the couch in like the middle of march we both and it was just... on and i looked at you and i said trump is being played yeah i know no question he's being played this is horrible and he's going along with it yeah so. all right so on to sort of more fun things. <laughs> so instead of our usual segment, This Week in Woke, uh, we had something that happened here locally in Alabama, and I told Edward we had to talk about it because we're in Alabama and we need to discuss it. So we have a new segment. We don't know if we're going to have it every week, but we have a new segment, and it's called This Week in What the Fuck. So in WTF. And this is from the AP. You may or may not have heard about this. Um, it was making the news for sure. The Alabama court rules frozen embryos made by IVF are children. And I'm going to kind of read some of this. Please okay? do. Uh, so the Alabama Supreme Court, so this is a state issue, ruled that frozen embryos can be considered children under state law. And it's a decision critics said have sweeping implications for fertility treatment in the state. Absolutely. If you're a fertility treatment center, you don't want to be responsible for frozen embryos that would be considered actual lives. Um, and the decision came about, it was issued in a pair of wrongful death cases brought by three couples who had frozen embryos destroyed in an accident at a fertility clinic. So this was, I have to say, some very creative lawyering, if you will. Okay. Like these three couples came together and somehow found a lawyer who went, oh, okay. So the justices cited anti-abortion language in the Alabama Constitution it ruled um it was a 1872 state law okay a hundred <laughs> years before i was born 1872 state law allowing parents to sue over the death of a minor child and in it quote applies to all unborn children regardless of their location so um unborn children are children without exception based on developmental stage physical location or other um, ancillary characteristics. This is what Justice J. Mitchell wrote in Friday's majority ruling by the all Republican court. Um, this is madness, like this to me, and I will say for our viewers and listeners, 
we purposely have not discussed how we feel about this. Although well, Edward knows my opinion. I don't know his opinion. <laughs> but to me, this is just madness. To me, this was very creative lawyer lawyering. I understand these couples were upset. I can't imagine going through IVF, having those embryos, and then finding out that they were destroyed in an accident. Like that's devastating. I totally feel for those couples. But to say that embryos that are stored in a tank, whatever, are actual life is a mistake. It's just a mistake. And yes, I am pro-choice, but but I just, you know, I can say an embryo growing in a woman's womb, I can acknowledge that is a growing life. I can say that. I'm still pro-choice, but I, but embryos in a tank, like, no, 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 no. Edward. <laughs> Edward, who, by the way, said, I don't have an opinion on this. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, this is one of those issues and you can tell she's a little more passionate. Yes. Yes. Uh, she is pro-choice, which means pro-abortion. No, it does not. Yes, it does. No, it does not. I am pro-life, which means life. Wait, it's crazy. Don't say that. Okay. All right. Take that back right now in the air. <laughs> pro-choice doesn't mean pro-abortion. What does it mean? It means that I think women have the right to choose what goes on inside their bodies. But that it's it's semantics because every time someone says pro-choice abortion is the outcome <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't it, have to be the outcome. it doesn't have to the be point but is, in real life okay it is. okay so but don't call me pro-abortion okay. don't do that see that's that's one of those marketing things that early on in this debate not us early on in the 70s when this when there were the two sides it was called the pro-life and there was called the abortion side and abortion people were getting horrible poll numbers and they changed <sighs> it to pro-choice okay, which makes it seem much not, more reasonable okay so, but i am okay. not pro-abortion okay okay i am not i am not okay well, with yes, women you no, are no, I'm not. edward you are i am not i am not <laughs> okay i'm not for women using abortion as a means of birth control okay which I'm, they do quite I, often but i'm not oh my god i am not pro-abortion Okay. I am not. I don't think abortion should be used as a means of birth control. I think it should be at last, you know, possible, you know, choice. And that's the bottom line. It's a choice. It's a choice. If a woman has an embryo growing inside of her uterus, she should have the option. Now, do I think she should have the option for the entire term? No. I think there should be limits, reasonable limits, which we have discussed once before in the show. But you need to stop <laughs> saying I'm fucking pro-abortion. In real life, when people say we're pro-choice, it No, I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about me. Okay, that's fine. If that is your position, that's fine. No, but okay. I need you to stop saying I'm pro-abortion. Okay, I will stop saying okay, you're pro-abortion. Okay, people pro should be walking, watching this live because now I'm fucking pissed. So, okay. And that's fine. You know, I... When when let's this, get back to you know what, let's what, get back to the topic. That's what I'm just going to. Thank okay. You. When this issue came up and you came to me with this, we have to talk about. It. I really didn't care, honestly. I really didn't. There's so many other things that I'm concerned about in our country besides this. Now, after looking into it, um, I am more on your side on this. Oh, and, okay. Hold on. Hold that thought. So we have somebody we just 
David Morse, thank you for watching. He just lost me. Take care. She is right. I don't know if it's a right or wrong issue, by the way. We just have different opinions. But um, answer David's question, even though he's not here. He might see it later. I take it Edward is a Trump guy. I am not a MAGA person, but I will vote for Donald Trump over anybody the Democrats put up. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. So go back to saying yeah. you agree with me. Too bad. I'm sorry you missed it, David. Um, <laughs> all right. No, I... To me, again, there's so many other problems that we have besides something in 1872 ruling that they're kind of contorting into this. Right. And, and that's the problem that you get on this issue is the far, far left and the far, far right. I agree. Take this to the nth degree. And I think the far right is taking this to the nth degree with this ruling. And by doing a little investigation in it, um, basically, I found out that now, now mind you, the state... Uh, government here in Alabama is a supermajority Republican, both yes. in the House and the Senate. So whatever the Republicans do is going to go through. If the governor vetoes it, it will be overridden very quickly. So what they have, um, there's a new headline that I was reading. It says lawmakers file bills to address Alabama Supreme Court IVF ruling. And I'm going to read from it. It says bills have been filed in both chambers of the Alabama legislature Yay. that would clarify that embryos created through in vitro fertilization are not to be considered human life, but a quote, potential life. Senator Tim Melson of uh, Florence, Alabama, chair of the Alabama Senate uh, Healthcare Committee told the uh, newspaper that he plans to file a bill addressing the situation the draft version states that any human egg that is fertilized in vitro shall be considered a potential life, but shall not for any purposes be considered a human life unless and until the fertilized egg is implanted into a woman's uterus and a viable pregnancy can be medically detected. All right. So we need to give a so, big shout out to Senator Tim Melson, Melson of Lawrence, thank you so yeah. much. And to me, wait, it's a senator and then representative, which is uh, no, he's a Republican from Florence. Republican from yes. Florence. Sorry. No, okay. All right. So um, thank you so, so much. Um, he also said, we all know that conception is a big argument that it's life. Um, I won't argue that point, but it's not going to form into a life until it's put into a, the uterus. A fucking men. Yeah. And I mean, you can use such a simple analogy as a cake, right? You've got flour, but until you mix the flour with the eggs and all the other ingredients, you don't have a cake. You just have a portion that could be considered a cake. I was thinking cake of acorn, because I, I read that somewhere. An acorn okay. can become an oak tree, but you have to actually plant it, nurture it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so but, you know, I will say this is not making news that the lawmakers. No, of course bills. not. People love, you know, the news media loves this, right? You know, because what's this going to do for the left? it galvanized the left i mean bill maher talked about it on his show on friday yeah. and you know it's going everywhere on all the liberal talk shows and just making of course alabama look backwards blah 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 blah, blah. well i appreciate you one i'm glad we agree it's not very often mm -hmm. but i appreciate <laughs> you diving into this with me because i felt like we needed to because we are here in alabama and and even though it doesn't affect either one of us you know we're, we're past that age of you know, wanting or having children. Um, you have three grown kids. So I just felt like being here, we needed to talk about it. That's really it. Yeah. Okay. So, somebody was a little more passionate than someone else. <laughs> Don't call me pro-abortion again. Don't. 
in public or private? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Even... All right. Just okay. He's muttering under his breath. <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'm gonna punch him. I swear. Um, yes. people, seriously, you missed a good live show. Left, uh, right. Calm. A little oh, fiery. oh my gosh. I'm fiery regardless, please. Okay. All right. So um we are still looking for an unpaid intern wanted get in on the ground floor of this show. Uh, we just need some help with uh with moderating and with creating social media content and with scheduling it. And so if you're interested in learning more, reach out to us directly. Um, my favorite conservative.show. And also we are looking for guests. We are looking for legal immigrants who would like to share their stories about coming to America and also what they think about the situation at the border. Amen. All right. So thank you for joining us live today. Thank you, Richard and David, for your comments. Please follow us on all social media platforms. You can join us live most Sundays, including next Sunday at 10 a.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And we stream live um, on YouTube, Rumble, LinkedIn, X, and Facebook. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast available wherever you're listening right now. The podcast always drops on Monday. Um, we do have a new thing, though. We're not having people review the show. I don't think Edward knows this. Lie on our website. That was something you could do in the past. Please review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser. And then we can pull those reviews in and share them. And we are still looking at creating our locals community. Please let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. So again, learn more, follow us, contact us on myfavoriteconservative.show. That's not .com. It's myfavoriteconservative.show. Wait, wait till we do the episode on abortion. Tune in on that one. <laughs> Really? You're just That'll having too much fun. fun. Oh, We're supposed to have lunch after this. We are. I wonder what the discussion is going to be. I'm not speaking to you. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> He's still my favorite conservative. Thank you. All right. You ready to say goodbye, Steve? Thanks for watching. Thank you. Listening. Bye.